Boom and boom. Excellent. Hello, Fermented folks. Welcome back to Fermented Fiction Live, our kickoff for season two of this very young show. Uh, we have Matt Deniman on today. Uh, he's going to sub in for Travis because he abandoned us for Montana. Like um, yeah. yeah. Big Sky Country. Yeah. Yeah. Big Sky Country uh, apparently matters more than his own show. Uh, but luckily, we have awesome guests like Matt Deniman. Matt. I know you're just on for the live audience, but this may be released at a different time. So could you please uh, give a quick intro, tell us who you are, tell us where we can find you, and then we'll get into it. Sure. My name is Matt Dinneman. I am a writer. I um, write a series of books called Dungeon Crawler Carl, which is about a dude stuck on a reality game show run by aliens, and he's with his ex-girlfriend's cat. Um, you can find my books on Amazon. Just search Dinaman, D-I-N-N-I-M-A-N, and ignore all the bad reviews because they're all liars. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's who I am. All right. And today, we're going to be talking about Barbarian. So without too much further ado, uh, we can just kind of get on into it, I think. Um, we usually do like a personal update to start things off. Um, I guess my personal update for today is right after this show is concluded, after we've recorded for 18 hours straight almost, um, I will be getting on a train and going back to Montana uh, and getting off the train and getting into a combine, which I will then be in for four to five weeks because uh, my dad is harvesting right now. That's amazing. What is what is he... What are you harvesting? Like yeah, we we have a nine thousand acre farm in Montana. It's where I grew up. Um, so it's wheat and barley and chickpeas and lentils and stuff like that. That's so out of my like brain zone. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to visit sometime. It, anytime you want to come, uh, we'll throw you on a. You could come ride the combine. It's like mowing a lawn. <laughs> <laughs> That's Except so the amazing. lawn is the lawn is very 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 big. Um, yeah, so that's my update. I, I head home every year for harvest, and it it's one of those professions that's mega stressful. Um, farming is, but not only is it really fucking hard, but it also is completely dependent on the weather. Right. So, like, if you want your life to be pure chaos, <laughs> like, just get into the line of work where the weather decides if you make money or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, see, if I screw up in my writing... You know, I, I can like delete it and then like <laughs> rewrite it. If you screw up, the world starves to death. Yeah, so. exa yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also, very rarely is something that you've written just completely destroyed because it rains on the wrong day. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Exactly. And I don't. I think the one of the worst things about being a farmer probably is that it's one of the most just historically speaking, underappreciated professions of all time. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you, man. Yeah. It's really, you should appreciate my dad. <laughs> like, I go home to help with harvest. He has to do it all year long. Uh, well, does your dad watch this? I doubt it. No, well. Dad, get back to work. You know? I'm sure you got a lot of shit to do. Also, if you're <laughs> in the comments to let us know if you do. So it's, you know, it's it's farmers and truck drivers keep this whole... I mean, I'm just like bullshit to keep people from, you know, getting bored for five minutes. But like, you know, you guys actually make the world survive. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Shout out, shout out to my wife and her family. Her dad is literally a trucker and a farmer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what happens you. when you grow up in Montana. You're, you're going to either marry someone who is in a farming family or you're in a farming family. And, uh, you know, I hate to break it to everybody who's in a farming family. No one's coming to ask you to save the world. You I've been waiting for it. it the whole time. Yeah. Uh, hey, there's, there's time. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. getting home and everything. They, they could be smoking and smoldering as, as you uh, arrive to kick off your grand adventure and presumably revenge. That's a comforting thought. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Matt, do you have a personal update? Uh, you're kind of new to the show in general, so everything will be an update. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I just finished book six of Dungeon Crawler Carl, The Eye of the Bedlam Bride. Um, I'm working on book seven right now. It's audiobook is about to, by, right now as we're recording this, the audiobook's about to come out. Um, 
I'm about to go to several cons. I'm going to be at Dragon Con this year, which is going to be really fun. Um, we rented out the Georgia Aquarium. We're having a big giant party with an open bar, uh, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. I'm looking how, forward to it. How much is a ticket to that? Are there still tickets the t- to that? The ticket is free to get into it. You just have to you have to have the ticket. If you go to um, the Matt Denniman subreddit on Reddit, or I mean the the Dungeon Crawler Carl one. There's a Matt Denniman one. I have nothing to do with that. It's Dungeon. It's our Dungeon Crawler Carl. Um, the link it will be on there. It's on Facebook. If you go to any lit RPG group on facebook or follow me on twitter i'll post it there you can it'll be easier message me as long as it's before dragon con um which is the first week of september this year the party's on sunday the second um i think i can point you in the right direction and get you free alcohol awesome yeah that's fantastic yeah Yeah. cool well go check that out if you're able to if you're in the area dragon con is massive and uh, it's insane it sounds super awesome oh, yeah. um and i can't imagine honestly for myself a cooler place to have a book launch party in yeah. an aquarium with an open bar that's amazing <laughs> yeah the um the the bar room is really neat i've had a party there before back in my corporate days and then it's you're in this room that's just surrounded literally surrounded by fish tanks and they're like there so that's awesome yeah yeah. So we can't play hockey in the room or anything, right. but yeah, there's a price for everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, uh, we've been updated. We've been personal. So let's uh, let's get into the nitty gritty. Okay. All right, we're gonna play Force Entrollment. That is our debate game here okay. on Fermented Fiction, where Matt choose a choose a d20. Choose your weapons. We will you each roll a d20. The high roll will defend our movie booker show of the week, regardless of what we actually think. The roll, low roll will attack it, regardless of what they actually think. And our book, movie, or show this week is a movie, and it is Barbarian. Uh, Matt, you want to give us a brief summary of what Barbarian is to you and why you chose it as your movie to debate today? So Barbarian is a movie that is about why you should never use Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. If we get a chance, let me tell you some. I mean, I hope Airbnb's not watching, but anyway. <laughs> They're listening. Yeah, They're all listening. <laughs> <laughs> We're in it. <laughs> it just ruined your. No, it's about a woman, um, Tess, who rents an Airbnb and things, strange things happen once. That's what it's about. And it's a horror movie. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And what else am I supposed to say? I forget. Uh, just, yeah, that's good enough. Okay. We'll, we'll get into yeah. the debate. That's the fun part anyway. And we will spoil the living oh, yes. out of it. Yeah, yes. that, this movie is impossible to talk about without spoilers anyway. So Yeah, most of the time we forget to mention spoilers until people already should have not been watching. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but uh, time isn't linear anyway, so f***ing yeah. get the program. There's spoilers. Let's, let's ride. Let's We're going to roll. Oh, all right. Uh, that's another win for me. I'm killing it. Man, I got a 12. Over you got a 12 and I got a four. Our guests are doing an excellent job of filling in for I'm, Travis. I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty good at rolling ones when I'm playing D&D, so that's actually good for me. That's, there you go. Yeah. Are you a DM? Uh-huh. No, I, I don't like being a DM because I like being able to not have to deal with people like me that are players <laughs> that try to break everything that's fair so i have to talk about how much this movie sucked is that that's my job now well that's yeah. what you believe right uh, because uh, for the, the next 10 minutes or whatever yeah absolutely and it's very possible that is what i believe i feel as it's if entirely yeah. possible. we're gonna find out okay um but the high roll always starts jeremy will start our timer i'll do my opening arguments okay all right so you'll jump in here we go everybody let's get let's get process. so should i interrupt so sorry should i interrupt you or you can you can you can interrupt. Okay. I just get to start because I had the high roll. Okay. We have yeah. basically no rules except for like that he starts. Even though I keep talking over you guys. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so good. All right. So we're we're getting ready. We're we're gonna do this. Let's have a good old fashioned near barbaric smackdown, but with words. Yeah. Ah, hmm. And that's gonna happen in in uh, three, two, one, and a go. Boom. All right. 
this movie was critically acclaimed for a reason. I mean, it does an excellent job of showing... I mean, and they open it up with a dialogue about this topic, which is a little on the nose, but the movie does do a good job of addressing it. The difference between the societal expectations around being a woman, being a man, in a situation like renting a random Airbnb and somebody else already being there. Um, and it opens with that sort of like, that awkwardness, that tension, that sort of innate fear that only uh, necessarily comes to you if you are a woman who's alone. Um, and the fear kind of starts there, but it goes to such a darker place throughout the film. Um, and that is sort of more of a story of legacy and like ancestral trauma in this particular house. And I think it's a, a really in interesting exploration of like how darkness can live beneath the most like basic and suburban sort of veneer because mm -hmm. that house on the upstairs is so like it's all kind of a metaphor to me for like the film producer character <clears throat> and like uh the man in the public eye that is sort of accused of uh of like sexual harassment or rape and it, it really gets into that pretty deep but the house itself is sort of a good metaphor for that because on the surface it's all pristine and clean and it looks regular and then beneath you have all this like trauma fueled uh darkness and terror that has been there for for decades and decades and decades just festering down there yeah and that's all well and good um but this movie has like this all of that starts and with exactly one hour left in the movie there's a tonal <laughs> shift yeah. that um completely changes the movie and it it's jarring it's um you're you're you're, you're you, she's finally in the basement we see the monster the female monster and um it's very one type of movie and then suddenly we switch to justin long singing in his car going down the freeway and you know highway one in california or wherever that is and it, and then it becomes more of a comedic horror novel i mean the monster she's like literally ripping the dude's arm off and beating him to death with it in the end and there's basically three acts and each one is <sighs> the tenseness the tenseness of the first act is ruined in some ways by the tonal shift i, mean, I can understand what they're trying to do but it it doesn't necessarily work for me because it it kind of goes off the rails i guess um the narrative flow when we move to the the whole justin long and then and then we move to the richard Brake, who's the actor who plays the the old guy the the um the guy who who owns the house mm -hmm. and then we 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 have that narrative shift where we we see it in the past but we get we we have three different stories all built into one and we end up losing i think the thread of tess the main character and we miss those like it's two weeks later when justin long comes into the house and mm -hmm. realizes that they're still there and like there's so many unanswered questions like well she had the interview with the woman who knew she was there mm -hmm. and she's just disappeared no one's looking for her phone is there um the car, which is, I think, a rental car. We're not sure. It's never explained. That would be there. That would be Lojack there. Um, there's so many unanswered questions. They 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 ignore reality in order to tell the story, and it makes it so unrealistic that that total jump that it, it, it just, you fall completely out of the story. I think, mm -hmm. and it loses the impact of what it's trying to do. Yeah, I I could definitely see some of those like. Uh... The suspension of disbelief is pretty tough in some of those more logical areas mm -hmm. of the story, for sure. Because I did find myself asking, like, wait, how long has she been down here? And how has she been surviving then? Yeah. Also, like, how did that guy, how did nobody else ever come down here and, like, meet the, the older guy and, like... The one dude wanted, knows, the one yeah. Dude. The yeah. one homeless guy knows that she's down there, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah. And it was also sort of a a little bit misleading when he says like she's not the worst thing down there um and then you kind of realize that that's a little bit more metaphorical yeah but i i do kind of like that because it played into justin long's kind of a uh, narrative 
And because we do spend most of his time on screen listening to him tell us what happened. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's obviously very intentional because that's what happens in the public eye. When these kind of accusations come out, we hear like, we hear from the press and the media and but it always turns into kind of the same sort of circus and you always have people victim blaming on one side on the other side you have people kind of defending like oh we don't really know anything there's no evidence blah blah blah. and then you have that i mean i can picture every man that's ever been in that situation having that exact conversation in that bar yeah um and then when he comes face to face with a like with somebody who like has a literal bookshelf of women they've raped and killed, he goes, "Oh, you're a monster!" Like, well, what the f- is wrong with you? Um, and that like it started to, when that happened to me, I was like, "Oh, are they trying to differentiate between like somebody who proven right here has done it lots and lots of times, and somebody who maybe did just sort of like ha- do a social faux pas more than an actual assault, because we only have Justin Long's point of view right now. Mm-hmm. But then at the end, when he pushes her off the tower and like is blatantly <laughs> a really terrible person, we can kind of assume, oh yeah, he probably did do all the stuff that he was accused of. He's no better than that other guy. And they kind of did a good job of uh, circling around back to that, I think, with with that part of the narrative. So I think it, it was it felt a little disjointed at first, but uh, by the ending, I think they did a pretty good job of bringing all three all three things. We, back do you feel as if like the whole Gonzo nature of her? She's practically immortal. She becomes like almost a supernatural monster at the end, where. Um, She's supposed to be a sad character. She's like, you know, the child of possibly three generations of rape and crazy. And she's like seven feet tall. And that guy was at Crypticon that was in the suit. Um, uh, So we know how big that guy was. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. she's like this big character and she survives getting smashed by a car. She somehow finds them on the roof of the water tower and comes through the wall like the Incredible Hulk and then survives being thrown off the water tower and all that stuff and it kind of becomes the spectacle of the movie as opposed to what you're trying to say mm-hmm. I, d- I did feel like she was supernatural i mean that i guess is a little bit of a blurred line yeah. uh, because it is sort of explicitly stated that she's she was born of other people but i mean it, it to me it seemed like a sort of a wendigo adjacent sort yeah. of creature where she was created from the trauma created from the evil that bred her and so she does seem to be more than human um so those aspects of it felt justified to me by the narrative i thought it was enough um but i i understand what you're saying as if it it did it did not necessarily fit perfectly within the rest of it mm-hmm. but i think part of that is the demonizing of like that one that uh victim blaming bullshit that happens in all these cases is that demonization of the victim and i mm-hmm. think that she kind of like personifies that yeah idea well but they end up making her they, they sort of minimize i guess who the bad guys in that in the movie are and mm. it focuses so much on her and the grossness of like her like forcing justin long the, which is you know pretty funny <laughs> yeah i didn't have any problem with justin long having to do that that was hilarious but yeah <laughs> did you ever see tusk <laughs> no <laughs> you should see tusk okay bad things happen to justin long in movies anyway um <laughs> poor feller <laughs> Yes, so, I mean, I, there's so many different, we could talk about how, what was the point you think of like the homeless guy character as opposed to the cop characters, the cops were being super obstinate and mm-hmm. refused to believe her. Um, whereas, and then she's scared of the homeless guy that's running up to her because he's coming in like a banshee, but how wouldn't she be scared? But she makes so many decisions that make it hard. Like, I find it difficult to believe that she would have gone in that room in the first place. I find in, uh, she noped out of there before, and then he's in there. She, there's so many things she could have done, and then that were forced to. Um, there's decisions that she makes that I think she wouldn't have really made that were forced to make. 
Shut up, Beer Louise! Go right! That's enough of that arguing bullshit. We're friends again. Good job, Matt. All right, Matt is allergic to hops, so he's drinking some cider. Um, for his Beer of the Week, you got an Odyssey there, Matt. Yes. Because I picked it for you. You had no no. Yes, I've had this before. It's actually... um. Pretty strong for a cider. It's like eight point four percent. Was it too strong? I I just no 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 no. no. <laughs> I'll drink like an entire bottle of whatever you put in front of me. But I'm just saying, you know, for cider. I mean, let me try it to make sure. But mm. it's good. Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. Excellent. Good. And we have Overkill, which I did not show you at oh, the start yeah. because I didn't want you to know what I thought of this movie. But I think this of this movie. Um, it's overkill on so many levels. But I, thank I you to Grains of Wrath. You guys are killing it with the cans and the names for this particular show because we've got like three of your beers for this event. Yeah, it, so. is, it is phenomenal. And might I say, there is no kill quite like overkill. It's true. It's, it's true. Mm, beautiful. I love it. All right. We'll pour this puppy up. Oh, yeah. We'll be drinking it. Go check out Grains of Wrath. They have really bad cans and that's why most people buy beer in the first place yeah like that's almost a hundred percent of what goes into my decision-making process <laughs> for this show it is also names <laughs> just the actual <laughs> names, names of good. beer are huge we gotta be thematic we're professionals that's right i buy alcohol because my uncle didn't love me because <laughs> <laughs> your uncle didn't love you is that what you said <laughs> yes. it's a joke <laughs> which uncle <laughs> <laughs> Only of one, and he's a senator, so we won't talk about that anymore. Fair enough. <laughs> next senator. Yeah, we'll we just, can. We'll that was a joke, right Uncle right Andy. We can You're fantastic. Away, before that uh, oh, turns yeah. away from it being a joke. Yeah. <laughs> cheers, cheers. Cheers. Thanks for being here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Oh, beautiful. Thank you, viewers, for being here. We appreciate the living out of you. Bam. We did it. And, uh,. Our next segment here is always Jeremy will have notes. He watched our oh, yeah. debate. He jotted down some quirky things. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to listen to those, talk about those, and then we'll give you the open table where we'll say what we really thought of Barbarian, if you okay. couldn't tell. Oh, yeah. But right now it's my time where we get quirked out the beehole. That's right. It's going to be great. All right. So notes. I do have notes, and it's great. Love, I love it. Fantastic debate. That's unofficial note number one. That's not actual note number one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll it's, take it. Could have fooled me. Preface to the notes. <laughs> so that's good. Um. Uh, my, first, my first note is uh, never, never, ever trust a totally clean room in, a, in horror, in a horror setting. If it's too clean, just bounce. <laughs> <laughs> no. 100% no. Agreed. Great. Also, if it's too dirty, you need a minimum, a maximum minimum amount of filth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The hard to reach areas just need a little, little build up. Okay. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, absolutely. I, I did you watch Barbarian? You don't. No. Yeah, you don't always get. Oh, so you that. haven't watched it? No, I'm going in. I'm going in blind. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how gonzo this movie is. Yeah. It, Truly. It's it's very much yeah yeah well you know the I mean it sounds like it sounds like a lovely time maybe uh, as one of my <laughs> other notes points out uh, bad things are almost always funny when they happen to Justin Long so, <laughs> that's I mean, true I'm on board you know this Tusk basically any mood, so so many bad things happen to him in just dodgeball. So, yeah, that's like, true. That's true. It's, uh, although, I do have to say, this is, this is a sub-note. And it can't not come up when talking about Justin Long. My favorite performance of his was, actually, I believe, just a small cameo part in Zack and Mary Make a Porno, where he, where he plays a gay porn star and just... <laughs> And just turns Seth Rogen on to the idea of making porn for money. <laughs> and it, it is it is breathtaking. Yeah. It is a hell of a hell of a ride. 
pretty just a just a stunning <laughs> scene. <sighs> Delightful. But yeah, yeah. Uh, man, let's see. Um, I, I'm all over the place here. Uh, second second note. I did skip around. Uh, Channel Travis, I suppose. Yeah, good. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. Second. Second note. Uh, beating someone to death with their own arm is the dictionary definition of overkill. And I'm glad... <laughs> I'm glad now that, that we are drinking overkill. That she manually ripped the naked woman, rips... Comes to the wall like the Kool-Aid man. Literally. After literally. the guy just said she doesn't come up here, and then she goes to the wall and then rips his arm off and beats him to death with it. Yeah. It's as that overkill as it gets. She's also that like is. eight feet tall. <laughs> sounds incredible. Absolutely it's like a naked female version of Sloth from the Goonies. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. That's that's essentially what it is. Um, and I mean, I can't speak to how much generational trauma Sloth has. Probably plenty. Well, um, yeah, well we see some of that. So. Yeah, there's some of that there for sure. Basement. He is. It's not a good... It's By his mother. Yeah. 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 No, it's similar. It's very similar. That's actually a comparison I didn't think of, strangely enough. But yeah, this is basically... If if the Goonies wasn't supposed to be funny and like lighthearted, this is who Sloth is. They, they should reboot the Goonies, Goonies like they did with French Pris, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, Goonies should so easily just be a horror movie about yeah. the destruction of Oregon's coast. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The tech industry. Beautiful. All right. What else you got? Uh. The. So for note number three, our fourth and final note, um, is it feels odd and sad that the only person who knows what's going on in a house is themselves a homeless person. <laughs> that just that just makes me feel a little sad. I don't know if that was intentional, but uh, especially in an Airbnb situation where the house is... Like, the point is that it's vacant and someone could be staying there. You have to understand, this is a nice house in the Brightmore neighborhood of Detroit, which has been completely decimated. Mm -hmm. When they film these houses, these are actual houses, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The whole area is just empty. And she pulls up and, and she's like, pulls up in the night and she doesn't, I don't think she realizes how nasty it is. Mm -hmm. And nobody, there's nobody there. Cops don't even come there when they call them and it's... Then this nice little Airbnb just sitting there in the middle of nowhere. Like yeah. a perfect pristine little house. Yeah. And all literally the houses on either side are like completely like caved in. Burned like, out, yeah. Yeah. Um you remember those the house in CQ where we shot that really yes. bad indie film? It's that house, like but a whole neighborhood of it. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it's something else. Best stuff of nightmares. Very good. Um Wait, but yeah. That's them's the notes, man. All right. We did it. We've done it. Power, I don't know. Power to yes. the people. Power to people. Why not? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know what people were powering, but yes. All of them. Okay. All, power and mama. jumped in on a fist pump and just do it. We can't. Uh-huh. Bumping. Killing it. Matt, you had to go second in the original debate, so now you get to go first. What did you actually think of Barbarian? This is one of my favorite movies of the past several years. Okay. Um. It's brilliantly done. Uh, it's so... The whole movie is about how people... So she comes to this house and it's it's double booked by Airbnb. The, the guy that's in there, he, they're deliberately played by um, Bill Skarsgård who played, you know, Pennywise in It. So they deliberately picked a creepy guy and it turns out that he isn't there by any nefarious purpose. He really was genuinely double booked. And he's on paper like an okay guy. Mm -hmm. But as we, it goes along, it, and he talks her into coming in and they're trying to figure it out because she's trapped and it's raining and she has nowhere else to go. But as it goes along, he's not, we really should be telling this backwards, but he's not that great of a guy. He, when she tries to leave, he blocks her. He's, he's one type of you know, way a man asserts control over a woman mm -hmm. when she's in, when she needs help, basically. And then, and it's really subtle. And then we move on. And what happens is 
they find there's like the secret entrance in the basement and then he gets hurt and then she's trapped and we suddenly move to justin long who's like a kicked up notch version of that where, where he's an actual or he's not he, he someone's accusing him of sexual assault and he's a, like a famous person that owns the house but he's never actually been there and he's going back there to sell it that's why he comes back there and then and and then we move on to like the the backstory where richard brake character um, i don't know what his name was in the where he's like an actual monster that there's no debate he's like yeah kidnapping women raping them keeping them in cages and then like raping their children that he has his own children and it's like a constant escalation of um of basically male violence against women and mm -hmm. the way that the um the movie's looking at it is well this isn't so bad but this is worse this is worse and it, it, it's hard to explain how how effective that was um they're trying to they want you to think about it backwards i think and it's kind of hard to do it because they show it you the other way around um but it's like the frog you know sitting in the pot of water and it gets getting hotter and hotter and hotter and mm -hmm. but all of that it is i mean some of my my earlier you know criticisms there is like this big tonal shift halfway through when we mm -hmm. meet the justin long character and it's jarring the first time you see it because you don't know what the because you don't know who he is you don't know what you don't have you have no idea what his connection is to the story for like 10 minutes it's directly out of left field yeah I yeah mean, like you cut from like she's like in the, she's in the tunnel and then the woman naked woman comes running through the dark tunnel screaming and then suddenly you're in california in a car with justin long singing all happy and then he gets a call from his agent that says, well, he's been fired from a pilot because he's been accused of sexual assault. And you don't know, well, who the hell is this? This is Detroit. This is California. What's going on? What does this have to do with this? Is this before, after, during? You don't know. And I initially thought that maybe she was the person. That was my first thought. because I did too, I think. I, I, I first saw it in theaters. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember. And I saw I watched it again last night because I knew it was coming here. So I'm trying to remember what I thought the first time. Yeah, because it was unclear what she was on, what she was doing, or what her meeting was for. But yeah. he said like break a leg to her when she went. So part of me thought, oh, is it like an audition? No, she is. No, she is. She she is she's in the movie industry, so she's like working. She was um, having an interview with a woman that's making a documentary, right, on that area. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm having a hard time remembering. Yeah, exactly it, what she. Well, yeah. There's all sorts of. But yeah. So, I think maybe we were, we were supposed to think that, now that I'm thinking of it. Because I thought that, too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Because, I mean, there was no other connection to him. So, I think that is part of why it, it leads you down that, that path. And I like movies that surprise me. I'm a big fan of, like, the people under the stairs, that sort of thing, where it's... Have you ever seen that movie? I have not. It's, I've listened to the rap group a lot. I like that. <laughs> I have not. Um, but, it's like, you know... There's people that are there the whole time, you know, the, there's this whole hidden tunnel system underneath their house mm -hmm. where there's this old dude and we get very little hints about what their life is like down there. But we see things that tell a story. There's like the string with the bell. So he mm -hmm. rings. So she's obviously bringing him stuff. Um, there's an implication that there might be more down there, but we don't know. Mm-hmm. There's cages, there's rooms with a video camera with blood on the wall, and we never get the full story. And I, I always like stuff like that, stuff where you realize that the story started long before the camera starts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's implied, too, that, well, I guess it won't keep going because the the creature does seem to be dead for real at the very end yeah the... we, we we it ends right when she shoots her in the head and starts walking away and then mm -hmm. they make it look like there's gonna be another scene and there's not so um they they have like a you know like a mid-credit scene of her and it's just her walking away when she should have been dead too i mean she fell off she got she got justin long shoots her in the dark by accident and then pushes her off a water tower in order to <laughs> it's like the equivalent of like kicking the leg out from someone when you're running from a zombie or a bear yeah, yeah. <laughs> he does that yeah <laughs> and then somehow she jumps off like two seconds after her and catches her but ends up beneath her and catches her yeah. yeah the mom the naked mom jumps off 
I mean, this is a buck-ass, naked, completely filthy, mongrel woman thing that's... <laughs> but, you know, she's she's supposed to be a sympathetic character. She's stuck in this room that has this videotape that he bought in, like, 1981. Mm-hmm. Playing over and over and over again about how to breastfeed your baby. And... It's, it's gross. That tape probably would have died by that, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I reckon. <laughs> got, got Who's it. rewinding that tape? Yeah. Does yeah, she know how to rewind? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of uh, well, they show them buying it from the in the grocery store. So, yeah, but grocery stores. Yeah, never mind. Well, this is 1980, so they're like okay. hardware slash grocery store slash. It might have actually just been a hardware store. I don't remember, but um, anyway. Yeah. 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 So I I think this is really funny. I I I wish we would have rolled the other way because I had to make up all my points. Um, I I didn't really like this movie actually, okay. at all. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I gathered that, honestly. Did you from yeah. the debate? Yeah. yeah. I didn't have a lot of uh, great things to say about it. I, I think it tried to make those good points. I just don't think it landed because of that disjointed nature. Because like we said what we believed. Because So we see it. it we just, it is disjointed. It really is. It's jarring. It's there. <laughs> it's there. And I do. I, I like the three like tiers of men. I thought that was a good uh, point mm-hmm. that they were trying to make. I just don't think, in particular, the first point landed very well. Um, because Bill Skarsgård, he gets killed brutally by the woman in the basement, just like his head smashed against the wall until they cut out to of Justin Long singing. Yeah. And it comes out of nowhere, and you don't and necessarily... You see him being, like you said, I, th- I think it was a really good job of him being like subtly kind of a not like it was like cringy right it was like that don't don't do that this is we don't do that anymore that is from the 1930s what you're doing yeah and he's like i was raised that way but he was killed because he wasn't listening to her he's like no no but they did make it look like he knew what he was talking about because he was already down there he's like in the tunnel he goes down to the tunnel and disappears and she hears him screaming and we don't know what's happened and then he's like crawling and it's really scary mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. he's like she's like we need to go this way and then he's like no 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 we can't go this way and she's like no 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 and she's not he's not listening to her but he's actually the one with more experience in this particular moment so i don't so i can see where you're getting there's lots of little wiggle room about you know you can see what he's trying to do and then what really pressure i think most people watch it don't understand that he's supposed to be a bad guy because i think i think he is I think so too. I think so too. And, but when you compare him to a serial rapist and murderer, and then Justin Long, who is like an accused rapist, but, but he's he, still he, a worse dude. Well, I mean, there's a scene where he's in the nightclub with his friend, and he's like, "Well, she needed some convincing, you know." Yeah. Right. It's that old, yeah, yeah, really gross conversation. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. he, he's obviously a scumbag from the beginning. Absolutely. But, but um. <laughs> Compared to Skarsgård, though. He, I think everybody in that movie did a really good job acting. Justin Long yeah, plays sure. a great scumbag. Oh, oh yeah, he's great. And uh, Richard Brake, again, the, um, the actor guy who plays the serial killer, he he was in... Um, he, everything he does is fantastic. Mm-hmm. He played. In, he was in an episode of The Mandalorian where he played an old Imperial um, like officer in... He's in like a lot of Rob Zombie movies, and he's in Thirty One, which is a um, it's not the greatest movie, but it's a pretty good horror movie, and he has just basically a monologue in it where it's just amazing. Yeah. If I was ever making a movie, I would put him in it in a second. But um, so everybody in that movie and actors who play Tess, um, she Georgina, was- I can't remember her name, um, but she's really good too. Everyone does a good job. I love Bill Skarsgård too. Yeah, he's phenomenal, Definitely. and. It was, like you said, it was a great casting choice to choose him because everybody assumes he's going to be evil immediately. And then he does all the things to make him not seem necessarily evil. And he's not. I mean, he's He's not. he, He wasn't there to do anything bad. He was genuinely also a victim. He's just, you know, he has that built in, you know, I don't trust her because she's a woman that's what they're trying to say yeah and uh, yeah. he represents like the unconscious bias yeah. of of like that it's the way i was raised mentality uh, around men 
treating women like as if they need help with their bags. Yeah. That that was kind of like the representative yeah. way that I saw him. He's the guy who won't let a woman carry her own suitcase even if she says she wants to. Yeah. Um and that was like insists that she sleeps in the bed even though she offered but yeah. And he's to like, sleep on the couch, yeah. Um which is interesting. I went to a bachelorette party. So I was like the sole man. Uh Um, Very good friends with the bride, obviously. Um, And that was a very interesting experience to be a part of. Um, But I got offered the bed. I fucking took it. Yes, there's a whole, there was one room that had a door and they were like, you can have that for like privacy. And I was like, I will take that for privacy. Uh, I'm in a a room full of women. Um, This is a bachelorette party. So there is a theme and it is not necessarily a male friendly theme. Um, I will take the bedroom. Thank you very much. Um, But uh, yeah, like you said, like, like that, that is a like, hard and fast rule if you were raised that way yeah is is a is a sort of societal evil that can lead to darker things uh maybe not evil is the right word a societal like sort of i don't know what would yeah. you call it I, I don't think evil is too strong i think like evil is a strong generational yeah. it's, it's more of a, like misogyny a i feel like we're the wrong people to be discussing this but 100 um. <laughs> <laughs> percent take this all with a really really big white male grain of salt yeah yeah uh, <laughs> Uh, it seems like more of a tendency that that can lead to more harmful ideas of of like treating women as more fragile, less having less agency, that sort of thing. Uh, where they just where it just sort of has the implicit sort of context that they need to be handled with kid gloves and thereby being you know lesser than those of us born with dangling testes yeah (laughs) right and see what happens in the movie is um she goes she gets the cops the cops actually come to the house and they don't believe her because Mm -hmm. and i actually don't believe that reaction i think cops do stuff like that but um in that particular case i think they would have investigated further but um so they take off and they strand her there. Yeah. Back. yeah. And then she goes back into the house and then breaks it back in the house and grabs the car keys and then mows down the the lady with the car and then all oh, hell breaks loose and suddenly it's dark outside. There's lots of little weird jumps that I, I think could have been handled better. But And she does it all to rescue Justin Long. So, yeah, who ends up shooting her. Yeah, and throwing her off a water tower. <laughs> so not worth it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But so, what else did you like about this movie? I so I like being surprised. I like being surprised. I I actually liked the the jarring nature of this stuff. Okay. I liked when we went back to the Richard Brakes story. I'm like, oh, we're gonna get this. I like movies that are deeper underneath the surface. Um, like when I saw Cabin in the Woods, favorite uh, movie of all time. Okay. I ha- I went into it completely blind. I had no idea what it was about. And it was billed really bad. If you like watch the trailer. Oh, yeah, that's I, not the movie. I think that's what they did that on purpose, but because and I never even saw the trailer. I was actually um, I remember when it came out because I, I I lived in Tucson and we were moving here and I came up here early to um, find a house and we I was here by myself and I was bored, so I went to the movie theaters and I had never even heard of this movie because I hadn't been paying attention to anything and I just watched it and then I was just blown. It's also one of my favorite movies because when that switch happens. And you don't know what's the fuck is going on. Yeah, and then it's it's amazing, and that worked well for me. Um, I kind of wish this movie had more to it. There's again, I like movies or houses with tunnels and rat people, and there's um one of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, the one that was in the '80s, two or three, the one with the family in the junkyard. They're selling human remains as chili or whatever. That. <laughs> See, that's one of my favorite movies too, just from because it's so unexpected, just gonzo. And then mm-hmm. it gets to the point where it's crazier and crazier and crazier, and she's like scaling water towers, ripping people's arms off, and yeah. suddenly she's superhuman. And I mean, I like weird stuff like that, so. Sure. So just kind of the, uh, the general vibe worked for you as well. Yeah, and you know, all this stuff I'm talking about, like, I mean, I'm just a big dumb dude. I didn't even catch it the first time I saw it, honestly. Like, the whole, the whole theme of it and all that stuff. 
Because I just want to see people screaming in tunnels being chased by monsters. <laughs> <laughs> the heart wants what it wants. Yes. It does. It Getting does. their arms ripped off. And Justin Long being forced to breastfeed a big, hairy, dirty breast. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's all you want. Or when they first get in the cage, there's a scene where she shoves this big bottle down. Yeah. And she's like, drink it, drink it. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, on, that's great. It it is it is. And the, if you like that that the weird elements and everything in there are definitely the weirder. That sort of I love that. Shit. Yeah, and that shit is there. Yeah, that that barbarian does that shit well. But it, it's hidden because it seems like it's gonna be one type of movie, and then it's not. Mm-hmm. And I can see why that, that that's jarring to people, and people don't like that. Um, because honestly, and again, it comes kind of down to the same problem I had with Cabin in the Woods, like marketing, but. I went thinking it was going to be like a zombie movie. I liked it way more than I would have if it was a zombie movie. But like you go... You expect one thing and you get... You watch the trailer and then you you walk into that cold open of Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this movie is going to be way better than I thought. But it's not the movie I thought I came to, you know? Yeah, there's... And this movie was like that, but the opposite. Because I it built itself like the Skarsgård part mm-hmm. like that's the part you see in the trailer it's like oh two people in airbnb things are gonna get weird doors open by themselves okay cool let's see what happens but then it's that's not really the story i mean that's like the first third yeah and how do you promote that sort of movie when you want to have surprises in them that's true there there is and i mean i don't like that about trailers in general i usually don't watch trailers for that reason because i don't want to watch especially horror movies because they show all the big jump scares in this in the yeah trailer. or like the, the the most recent um renfield movie with nicholas cage i was really looking forward to that and um the vampire um, without going into spoilers the 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 what happens in the trailer you think is going to happen in the very very beginning that doesn't it actually gives away the ending and it's memorable so you know that that that's coming mm-hmm. and that's that's unfortunate because i we we're now at a society where we don't see the trailer only once we see it over and over and over and over again and yeah how do you yeah you know deal with that that's true that and i that is a, that's a really good point that's kind of tangential but i i do think that's an important thing to notice is like Trailers used to just be on the associated movies. movies. And you, you know? would see it that one time. You would see it on the movie that you bought from that studio mm-hmm. to promote its next movie. And it was more like a CTA, a call to action. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then today it's like, it's just a fucking commercial and they just blast you with it a million yeah. times. You get to watch it and you get people going frame by frame through every every single go on youtube and there's a commercial for it because you already watched it once and they want to keep hammering at home and then see all that stuff yeah Yeah. so how do you advertise a movie that's all about the big surprise you you do you do what marvel does and you just lie you lie about what's going to happen in the movie just lie about it people will come and see it they get angry that it's not they'll be like oh man that wasn't in the trailer did you like the movie yeah like, no, there you have it. But see, I didn't like the movie because I wanted to watch Bill Skarsgård um, being creepy. like slowly creepy and or something supernatural coming up from the basement, which kind of happened. But it, I also have a personal pet peeve with this movie. And this is a huge one for me. It's a it's like a pet peeve that I don't like when something is when i think i'm watching a supernatural movie and it turns out just to be crazy people i hate that yeah there's a there's a the recent movie that was like that um um without spoilers the one with the lady at the house yeah uh she had cheated on her husband and then the boy the boy yeah okay that's not the one i was thinking okay. of. but same the yeah. same thing happens in the one i'm thinking of okay yeah the, see see yeah there's it's hard to do it because you want it. You usually want it. You when you're watching, it, you want it to be the other way around. Usually, because that's because that's where horror movie fans we want there to be monsters. And, mm-hmm. and I think when it's done well, the other way around, when you think it's supernatural, um, or there's also going to be there's movies and books where it's unclear. Um, there's uh, 
if you saw the movie The Cabinet or the what was it called? The Cabinet at the End of the World was the name of the book. The uh, oh, Paul Tremblay. The, the, oh the yeah. Cabin? Knock at the cabin. Knock at the cabin. Yeah. So he also wrote a book called Headful of Ghosts, which is a fan, one of my favorite books. But there, I believe they're making a movie with that, and that one, mm. you never know. I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it in the movie, but um, you never know if it's supernatural or not. Yeah. And then. And I'm okay with that. I like ambiguity okay. more than I like it is definitively people. I and I it's a tricky it's kind of a tricky balance, right? Cuz I like the question to be there. Yeah. I like the question to be there, but I I don't know. I just I like you said, I like the supernatural the most. So when I I will go to I will probably not go to a movie if I know the antagonist is a human. If if the antagonist is a human serial killer or something. I'm not going to go to a serial killer movie usually. I don't I don't care. Okay. Um, it's you want to see the supernatural. I like the supernatural. I'm a folklore geek. And you know, I've only seen like. seen the instance that I liked one time where the twist was like, oh, it was just people all along, and ironically, it was in Supernatural that one episode where they're like, oh man, what monster is this? Like, like oh shit, it's just people. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. gotta have a manual for this one. <laughs> right, that was good, and that that played well too. Supernatural because they're always hunting monsters. Yeah. So then when they actually have to fight people, it's like, oh, this is super dangerous too. Yeah, but yeah. interesting. What, what were you gonna say, Matt? I don't remember. They, they do that nope in the beginning too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's a whole other, I don't know if you guys did an episode on that, but that's a whole movie I could talk about too. But um, yeah, so as long as it's pulled off correctly, I think I, I like it, uh, but there, there always will be that like slight disappointment that it's not like you know brain tentacle zombies from the planet zortol or, or whatever yeah it's, it's yeah. just dudes killing yeah okay just people people and yep people in heart all day <laughs> <laughs> people in as hard as you can people um but yeah so i don't know i guess that that was like a subjective beef for me um i kind of expected it because almost always when you open tunnels under the the house it ends up being that it's people yeah um because uh, unless it's like lovecraft maybe there's some fungus creatures down there some lovecrafting stuff but uh it just seems to be generally the way the way that it goes that's um, what you got to write a book about tunnels that are like mole people coming up or there something. you go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be fun that could be fun write it yourself yeah, yeah. supernatural mole people that would be fun. It would be fun to put a... Tunneling to their gods, yeah. Is there a dark spin on mole people out there that you know of? Yeah, there's lots of them. There's, um... What's the name of that monster? I can't remember the name of that monster. Um, But there's... the There's lots of... People underneath the Earth's type stories mm -hmm. where they're, like, pretty awful. There's also, like, The Descent. Yeah, The Descent's great. Yeah. Um... That's a great movie. It is. It's a terrifying movie. Um, mm -hmm. I love that one for adventure horror too. That's one of the best movies I've seen for like actually portraying the use of like climbing gear. Uh -huh. I mean, it's still cinematic, but they at least actually use the gear in the proper way, which is kind of cool. So are you a, a climber? Climber geek. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, yeah. I don't know anything about that. So, I mean, I don't know, but yeah, my um, father-in-law is a fighter pilot, so he can't watch anything with airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. It's quite funny. I I climb a lot around here, um, as is a lot of people, but the uh, there's a lot of photo shoots at a couple of the places I go, and I will see people show up, and you can always tell they're there for a photo shoot. That they don't know what they're doing. They'll be holding, like, they'll have a bunch of gear and, like, a harness that they, I'm like, why do you, <laughs> why do you have that? <laughs> You're not here to climb. Oh, there's your photographer. Yeah. That makes sense. I think anybody who does anything will have that sort of thing. Like, I'm a musician, so whenever Take I see... Take outside, Jeremy. Okay. Whenever I see someone playing music, you know, on camera, then, you know, you know that they're not really playing those notes. So, you know, I, I, I get that, too. Yeah. Yeah, people are essentially... I assume most of the time just kind of doing air guitar yeah, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's good enough. <laughs> people don't know what it actually looks like and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think that line is? Where, where do you think the line is between... I'm struggling at this because I write uh, this book um, for a little self-plug. But this is a climbing horror book. Um, so it's like a, a cryptid. 
up in the mountains. Um, and I've gotten some reviews that are like too much gear talk. So this Where's is dangerous. This is dangerous. This is we're moving to writing zone. And this is also damn people who spend too much time world building before they actually start writing mm -hmm. fall into the same trap. And it's, you're so in love with getting it right. You know, this world so well that you, you, you get into too much detail and it, it and it, be, it can become a trap because people do want to read realistic. They want to learn about that stuff, but some people don't want a lesson either. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it can be, it's hard. It's a difficult, like you say, a razor's edge balancing act. Um, I, I, I've never scuba dived before, but I, I, I spent so much time learning about scuba diving that I end up putting too much of it in, in like an earlier book, for example. And so it becomes, it's 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 you want to explain it you want to get it right so that requires this 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 and this mm -hmm. and until you become super self-aware about what you're writing it's the only way to tell is to give it to other people yeah and it's hard and even then that sometimes doesn't work i had so many beta readers for this book and i still get reviews that are like too much gear talk at the beginning you can't get beta readers that know who you are it's that's the problem that's true they're yeah. they're like well, you're cool because you're a mountain climbing farmer dude and you're awesome and I want to hear about it because you're awesome and I want to learn about you. Right. And and you're my friend and I want to say this is good. So it's super important to get beta readers who don't give a shit right. whether your story is good or not. Right. Um, they just want to read a good story and if it's not good, they'll tell you. And that's hard mm -hmm. to find. It is. Because yeah. you, you want your friends to read it and you want your you, you need those people to tell you it's good. But you also need those people to tell you it's not, or it, it needs work in certain areas. Yeah, for sure. Or, or maybe you're just selling it to the wrong audience. I mean, maybe there's the whole group of people that would appreciate it even more. Yeah, that's true. Because like, there's books, there's lots of like the survivalist books, they go to minute de detail about guns and they love that stuff and you never hear any complaints about the gun details unless you get it wrong mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. then you're screwed but um <laughs> yeah exactly here's a writing tip if you ever write about guns and you're not a gun guy there's a writer named tao wong who taught this to me you put the word modified in front of the gun when you're writing about it then they debate over like how you modified it well how did he get this gun to shoot 12 rounds when it only holds nine. Well, we said it was modified. But... Yeah. <laughs> so somebody knows the mod. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody, what you're saying here, Matt, just so I can be clear, is you then watch the comment section and they will tell you how you modified your gun? <laughs> is that what you're saying? Exactly. <laughs> somebody knows how you did it. Like, yep, that's how. This you're is... Smart. And then you next book, this. you go back and like put those specific mods in there. So that... <laughs> there's, certain, there's certain groups, motorcycle people, um, gun people, kombucha people um this is true you <laughs> write you, you you if you write something that's wrong they will like one star your book entire book on a review because you got one word on one sentence wrong and there's little tricks you can do to like still keep that realism in there and still keep them happy yeah i mean yeah i'm, I'm learning that balance i'll, I'll be yeah. completely honest with you i i've gotten mo you know i've gotten lots of good feedback on crevasse i'm happy with it um it was my first book though, and I can tell, and that that is what it is, and uh, I'm I'm still happy with it and I'm proud of it and all that. Um, but I think for the next one, I will turn back the gear talk a fair amount because to me, the lack of gear is terrifying, yeah. and so that's part of the terror coming from me because I know. But to people who don't even know what the gear is in the first place, it doesn't. Matter. Do they do that thing where they're like camping while hanging at night? Uh, they do. They don't bivouac at any point or uh, portal edge, but they should. See, you should write a book about that. That would. Be... I would read the shit out of a book where they're stuck at night and there's like suddenly there's things all over the cliffs. That yeah. definitely happens where they are on the cliff and the thing is coming after them and the thing is much better at climbing because everything is. Um, yeah. <laughs> anything See, that does it, climb. So. Uh, you can have this one if you want it. Unless that's Colin's copy. Did he leave his copy? It's Colin. It is. I'll, I have another one in here. Um, but yeah, the... Uh, you can just give away Colin's copy. That's fine. Yeah, just fuck, scratch fuck out Colin. Colin. Yeah. <laughs> Matt didn't... Sorry, Colin. Sorry. I have your book. Yeah. <laughs> you can come take it directly from me. Yeah, there you go, Colin. And while you're at it, buy the Dungeon Crawler car. Right. Yeah, do that. <laughs>
Um, that yeah, like a hostage situation. That would be good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. whole calling up. Um, but back to barbarian somehow. There's no you, climbing in that. There isn't. Well, oh, there is not actually. True. That's no, not no, true. There true. is. How does she get out of that goddamn pit? First off, how does the lady get out of the pit? So how does she do anything? She jumps out of the pit with Justin Long. <laughs> like they're in this like trap pit, and then she, and then suddenly she gets out of it. Like she just runs and jumps, which is when she's been in there for two weeks. But anyway, there's a lot of like a lot of that. That criticism is valid. There's a lot of like little, yeah, like like little pushes, you know. Cuz story is what yeah. I call it, but it definitely is like there's some cuz story moments, yeah. like the cut into when they're suddenly at night. I was yeah. like, when did it? when did it become night yeah. how long were they in there um and then like she says nope she literally says nope but then she stays down there and then she goes in there and then she goes in there <laughs> and it's like well that isn't a nope lady that's a yep you yeah. yepped it and now you're gonna pay and i don't know why you yepped it because it's so clearly a nope situation there is no there is no scenario where if a door opens by itself you then go in the basement and find another door that opens by itself Especially when you've been locked in. And you've been locked in? That is a hard nope. Break the fucking window and get out. Like, how? There's plenty of tools in there. She could have broken that door down, yeah. She breaks it later with her own cell phone, doesn't she? She breaks it with something like Yeah, that I can't remember. I think she might have kicked her way. I don't remember. She breaks it, though, and, yeah. and like doesn't hesitate to break it the second time. So I was just... But I guess she's still Actually, I think she, No, I think she gets out the window, the same window, and then the homeless guy pulls her out, I think. But I, I don't remember. It's I just watched it last night, but I don't remember. But anyway. Yeah. I know she breaks it the second time because I remember... Yeah, there's breaking. a window, and then there's a door, and the door is locked. Yeah. But it's unclear if it's like actually just locking on its own because it probably does because he was keeping... Because it was a serial killer house. Well, and that was another, like, cuz story thing that didn't make sense to me. But, like, it opens on its own as well as closes on its own. Yeah, it's unclear. What one happened. or the other. Like, you can rig a door to do one or the other. But it would and it makes sense that it would close on its own. But why is it opening on its own as well? That didn't yeah. really track with me. And that's where it was like, oh, this is a supernatural movie. Just kidding. It's crazy people in the basement. And it would have bothered me less if there wasn't some like kind of established canon that yeah. something supernatural was happening here doors opening by themselves on two separate occasions i wonder if they're gonna make a sequel um i mean they I, tend to i, I assume the wendigo lady's still alive so <laughs> she shoots her in the face but we never see it so yeah and and she survives everything else yeah. You know, she survives that car thing, which was definitely a kill shot. Yeah. Um, she got smushed into a building. Yeah. Through the wall. Full speed. Yeah. And then she survives falling off a water tower. And then shot in the face. And shot in the Look, face. Anybody I, I that see. can Kool-Aid man through a wall. That's true. Also that. Kill. Yeah. Because, like, go ahead. Try to cool. Don't. Don't go ahead. Please don't. D try to Kool-Aid man through a wall. And then. You will lose. Have presence of mind to rip a guy's arm off and beat him to death with it. <laughs> Yeah, that's she never the comes level up in this physical activity that your body is prepared for. I'm, I'm gonna say, hey, you're, you're pretty durable. You may not be dead by the end of the movie. Yeah, and you probably have a promising NFL career um, waiting yeah. for you. Uh, this lady should be in the NFL. She yeah, slay it running back. But yeah, yeah. she would. She wasn't like a troll's people, yes. incest lady tunnel person, yeah. Probably be hard to get her one in the playbook. Yeah. <laughs> she probably has a learning disability, I suspect. I reckon. <laughs> I reckon so, since she kind of knew one pseudo word, and that was about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that could be know. understood. Put, put her on defense. Tell her to chase the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She'd be a oh. kicker. A <laughs> punter. Oh, man. So, yeah. Uh, that's Barbarian. I think we've covered it pretty thoroughly and uh we've gone a little over time but that's okay because we have matt here and we are stoked to have matt here and and get as much out of him as we can so uh yeah thank you for being here matt uh, it's been a f fun time yeah yeah good. do you have any closing thoughts uh no i mean don't be afraid to ch try cool horror movies you know i saw the teenage mutant ninja turtle movie last night and it was really good was it? I wasn't expecting it to be good, and it was. <laughs> okay. Genuinely good. Genuinely good. All right. Maybe I'll... I mean, the trailers looked good. 
but I can't trust that. I don't trust trailers. Yeah, they trust. they use your own knowledge of the lore against you in that movie, which is which I find fascinating. So what if you don't have any knowledge of the it's, lore? It starts from the beginning, so it doesn't matter. Okay. So yeah. nice. You know, every Turtles reboot is gonna have the origin, like Spider Man used to do until yeah. they tried to not do that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they, they tried real hard not to do that. I don't blame them. There is a there is a line where it's too many origin stories. Too many times. I know how Peter Parker goes. Let's yeah yeah. But anyway, that's a whole different episode. Maybe someday. Um, yeah. Thank you for being here, Matt. Thank you for being here, viewers. We are going to take about a forty-five minute break, and then at two thirty, we have Gordon B. White. He's going to be doing the same thing—a featured author interview—and then he's going to debate a movie with us. So. Oh, movie. Stay around for that. Uh, he's doing Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, okay, that's yeah, great. so that'll be fun. Um, yeah, that movie is is a no, wild. Don't ride. say you're not allowed to. It's yeah. a wild ride. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Only I get to say what I think because nobody cares. That's right. This rules. I care. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Thank, Thank you for caring about Jeremy. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody should. Also, shout out to my wife. Hey there. She cares too, well, presumably. Yeah. She's really invested if she You never it. know somebody. It's a long... Yeah. <laughs> she cares for now. Give it a couple years. All right. Thank you, viewers. Uh, thank you, Matt. And we will yes. see you next time. Oh, beautiful. Bye. Mute this motherfucker.